having been buried with him in baptism. They're getting it. Keep going. In which you were also raised up with him through the working of God who raised him from the dead. <clears throat> when you were dead, number two, <clears throat> excuse me, I'm hesitating because when you were dead in your transgressions and the uncircumcision of your flesh, he made you alive with him, having forgiven us of all our transgressions, having canceled out our certificate of debt consisting of decrees against us, which was hostile to us. And he has taken it out of the way, having nailed it to his cross, or their cross. <clears throat> Number three, I'm coming back to this text. When he had disarmed the rulers and authorities, he made a public display of them, having triumphed over them through him. <clears throat> Therefore, no one is to act as your judge in regard to food or drink or in respect to a festival or a new moon or a Sabbath day. Things which are, number three, three things which are a mere shadow of what is to come, but the substance belongs to Christ. This lighting is great today, and I thank you. Let no one keep defrauding you of your pride by delighting in self-abasement and the worship of angels taking his stand on visions he has not seen, inflated without cause by his fleshly mind, and not holding fast to the head from which, excuse me, from whom the entire body being supplied and held together by the joints and ligaments grows with the growth which is from God. If you have died with Christ, to the elementary principles of the world. Why, as if you were living in the world, do you submit yourself to decrees such as? Do not handle, do not change, do not touch, which all refer to things destined to perish with use in accordance with the commandments and teachings of men. These are the matters which have, to be sure, the appearance of wisdom in self-made religion and self-abasement and severe treatment of the body, but are of the no value, I, I didn't say that right, but are of no value against fleshly indulgence. Going back to verse 12. <clears throat> having been buried with him in baptism, in which you were also raised up through him in the working of God who raised him from the dead. Transparency numbers one and two. Colossians chapter three, Verses 1. Therefore, if you have been raised up with Christ, 
Keep seeking the things above where Christ is seated at the right hand of God. If then you were raised together with Christ, it's a condition, I'll stay with me, of the first class. And what do you mean by that, Brother Bruce? It assumes that this condition is true. If then you were raised together with Christ, a condition of the first class assumed as true. Let me ask you a pointed question today. Are you saved? That's the condition of the first class. Can I get a witness? Amen. Amen. Are you saved? Do you truly know you're saved? Does the Holy Spirit, has he taken up residence in your life? Amen. Is he exhibiting the unsearchable riches of Christ? whole armor of God have you put on the whole armor of God he has it over there the whole armor of God are you growing in Christ are you Seeking those things which are above. Do you hunger and thirst after the word of God? Number two. When you were dead in your transgressions and the uncircumcision of your flesh. He made you alive with him, having forgiven us, having forgiven you, having forgiven us. All. How many? Say it again. All. Not just a few, but all of our transgressions. Having canceled out the certificate of debt consisting of decrees against us, which was hostile to us. And he has taken it out of the way, having nailed it to the cross. Number three on the transparency. Tomorrow, he saved you once and for all, forever. Can I get a witness? Thank you, Lord. Thank you for his abiding grace. So Paul says, number four, and as, which was contrary to you, neither Jew nor Gentile could keep the law. It's impossible for us to even conceive or work out our own salvation without the work of the Holy Spirit. Amen. I'm going to say this again. It's number four, Tom. And he had taken it out of the way. Perfect active indicative of Iro, old and common verb to lift up, to bear, to take it away. When Jesus Christ, John said it this way, I will behold the Lamb of God who picks up, there it is, 
and carries away the sin of you and me. Can I get a witness? Amen. You know, sin is not a possible thing. I, I didn't have it right. Sin is not a very popular thing today to talk about. You're right. But Jesus, behold the Lamb of God who picks up and carries away the sin of the world. And not only did he pick up and carry away the sin of the world? He picked up your sin personally. He picked up my sin personally, and he carried away. Can I get an amen? Amen. amen. To that, you ought to be able to say, hallelujah. How about number six? When Christ died, when Christ was crucified, I didn't make this up on my own. Of course I didn't. God nailed the law to his cross. Hence the bond, the legal assessment against us was canceled out. Businessmen today sometimes file canceled accounts. No evidence exists that Paul alluded to such a custom here, but the idea is clear. I was just talking to a man at the laundromat the other day. We always talk. He's a Christian. And I gave him that famous word, tetelestai. It means when you pay your debt, it's paid in full. That's what Christ did. He paid the price of your sins and mine in full. Can I get an amen? Amen. <clears throat> Let me go on. I know I was going to go slow today. I knew I had to go slow. Number five. Having been buried with him in baptism, in which you were also raised up with him through faith in the working of God who raised him from the dead. In the symbol of baptism, the resurrection to new life in Christ is pictured with an allusion to Christ's own resurrection and the final resurrection. Paul does not mean, I hope you get this, Paul does not mean to say that the new life in Christ is caused or created by the act of baptism. That is grossly to understand him. I'm going to slow down here. Yes, you should get baptized. But you get baptized after you're saved. Can I get away with that? Apparently a lot of people don't agree with that. I do. <laughs> Try again. Amen. In the symbol of baptism, <coughs> the resurrection to new life in Christ is pictured with an allusion to Christ's own resurrection and to our final resurrection. Paul does not mean to say that the new life in Christ is caused or created by the act of baptism. That is grossly misleading as to what he was saying. Number six, the Gnostics and the Judaizers were sacramentalists. Washing of dishes, washing your hands. That's what we mean by sacramentalists. But not so Paul, the champion of spiritual Christianity. 
He has just given the spiritual interpretation of circumcision, which itself followed Abraham's faith. Baptism gives a picture of the change already wrought in the heart through faith in the working of God. Yeah. It is the working of God. God had power to raise Christ from the dead, and he has power or the energy to give us new life in Christ by faith. I need to say that again. God had power to raise Christ from the dead, and he has power or the energy to give us new life in Christ by faith. Are you living by faith? God has the power. He raised you spiritually from the grave, from being dead in trespasses and sin. Our purpose in baptism is to symbolize the death and burial of the old man. I need to stop right there. Christian, are you still living like the old man? Are you and I still grieving? That's right, grieving. Can we say the word grieving? Grieving. Grieving the Holy Spirit. Our purpose of baptism is to symbolize the death and burial of the old man. And that by the mighty power of God alone whose power we lay hold on by faith in the death and resurrection of Christ, through faith which comes from God. Not only is a Christian saved by faith, but he has a continual faith in the promises of God Almighty. Amen. If you've been praying about a brother, sister, daughter, relative, People who don't know. And you laid it before God. He promises that he's going to fill that purpose according to what he understands. Thank you, Lord. And not only is he going to do it, he's going to do it in his own time. But you say, aren't the Gnostics right? For the Revelation 3.14 calls Jesus the beginning of creation by God. Maybe they're right. Maybe Jesus was created. Maybe he's not God the Son. After all, Revelation 3.14 says, To the church of the Laodicea write, The Amen, the faithful and true witness, the beginning of the creation of God. What do you say to that? Number eight, though. Translations of the word beginning. Beginning, principality, corner, first, magistrate, power, rule, at the first, principles, first estate. Here's one from Luke one twelve. Beginning. Just as they were handed down to us by those who from the beginning were eyewitnesses and servants of the word. Principality. For I am convinced that neither death, nor life, 
nor angels, nor principalities, nor things present, nor things to come, nor powers. And let me finish it because I don't can separate you from the love of God. Now I know I got a little bit of course, but you need to know that. Nothing can separate you from the love of God. Number nine. Translating the word beginning. Acts 10, 11. And he saw the sky opened and an object like a great sheet coming down, lowered by four corners to the ground. I don't know if I should go over all these, I probably won't. I'm just going to go to number 10. First, my manner of life for my youth, which was at the first among my own nation of Jerusalem, know all the Jews. Let's go to number 15. How is the word beginning translated in Revelation? I was and which is to come the Almighty. Revelation 3.14 And unto the angel of the church of Laodicea went, these said the all men, the faithful and true witness, the beginning of the creation of God. You see, Brother Bruce, Jesus was created. And he said unto me, it is done. I am Alpha and Omega, the beginning and the end. I will give unto him that is a thirst of the fountain of the water of life freely. And last of all, number 16. Revelation 22:13. I am the Alpha and Omega, the beginning and the end, the first and the last. No, Jesus Christ is not a created being. Revelation 22:13 calls Jesus, or Jesus says, I am Alpha and Omega, the beginning and the end, the first and the last. Jesus Christ is the origin. He's the principle. He's the corner of this so great salvation, and he's the corner of creation. This is the person who died for your sins. Can I get an amen? Amen. 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 When you were dead in your trespasses, I don't know why I'm changing the text, when you were dead in transgressions and the uncircumcision of your flesh, he made you alive with him, having forgiven us of all our sins. Number 17. This is the spiritual, moral condition of every person before they are raised from with him through faith in the working of God as Paul described in 2.12. Before we have new life, we are dead. People don't like to hear that. Doesn't mean dead physically, it means dead spiritually. The Word of God has many descriptions of men and women apart from Jesus Christ. 
Let me ask you a very pointed question again. The Word of God has many descriptions of men and women apart from Jesus Christ. Are you with Jesus Christ? Or are you right now today apart from Jesus Christ? If you are apart from Jesus Christ, You're headed for eternity without him. Can I get an amen? Amen. A sick person needs a doctor. The Son of God has been poured out into our hearts, and we have received him and appropriated him, but a dead person needs a Savior. Do you need to say for today? Why don't you appropriate what Jesus Christ has already done for you in your behalf? He took your place and my place on the cross. And this is not in your notes. What Jesus suffered for six hours on that cross will take you out of eternity apart from him. Number 18. But after that, that the kindness and love of God our Savior toward man appeared, not by works of righteousness which we have done, but according to his mercy he saved us. Brother Bruce, I, I don't know if I'm saved. Well, you can know by placing your faith in the finished work of Jesus. Well, I don't know that until I die. These things I have written unto you that believe on the name of the Son of God that you may know right now, not future, right now, that you have eternal life. 1 John chapter 5, verses 13 and 14. Amen. Not by works of righteousness which we have done, but according to his mercy he saved us by the washing of regeneration and renewing of the Holy Spirit, the Holy Ghost, which he shed on us abundantly through Jesus Christ our Savior, that being justified by his grace. Say justified, would you justified say? Justified by his grace. What's that mean, Brother Bruce? It means you've been declared righteous. We should be made heirs according to the hope of eternal life. 19. Because we have new life in Christ. Because we have new life in Christ. We are no longer dead in trespasses and sins. A trespass is a specific kind of sin, overstepping a boundary. We are dead because we overstep God's boundaries in sin and rebellion. Now, I know I changed the text. Number 20. Here, that is John MacArthur, speaks again. He made you alive together with him. We are not only made alive, but made alive together together. In him. It is true that he gave us 
from the dead? There I go again. It, is it true that he raised us from the dead? He gave us a pardon. He gave us imputed righteousness. What do you mean by that, Brother Bruce? When you accepted Christ as your personal Savior, God gave you his own righteousness, not your own. These are all precious things. But you see, we are not content with them. We have received Christ himself. Imputed righteousness, clothed with the righteousness of Jesus Christ. But you have received the very person of Jesus Christ in your heart. Now let me ask you. Are we living, and notice I said we, are we living like we have Jesus Christ in our hearts? Do you talk about him sometimes to others? A Christian sister and I were at Aldi's the other day. She asked me to come and help her. So I gathered myself together, got on a little track, gave him some food from the back, a grocery bag full, went over to talk to him. To make a long story short, he received the tract. He took the groceries, but we didn't get anywhere. And I said, Lord, this is up to you. Actually, we had to walk away. He was very, very mean in a sense. We walked away. But as we walked away, we began to pray for him. And in the parking lot, this is what I call God's appointment, we met another Christian. And it was a she. And her brother is a pastor. That's called a divine appointment. Can I get an amen? amen? When you do what God wants you to do, he's going to four-step you. He knows what's going to happen, but he wants you to go on and be obedient. Amen. Amen. That just happened this past week. Not everybody you talk to is going to be open-minded. But do what God tells you to do, or inclines you to do, or prompts you to do. Number 21. Having canceled out the certificate of debt consisting of decrees against us, which was hostile to us, and he has taken it out of the way, having nailed it to his cross. Here's the King James. Blotting out the handwriting of ordinances that was against us, which was contrary to us, and took it out of the way, nailing it to his cross. <clears throat> A new King James Version. Having wiped out the handwriting of requirements that was against us, which was contrary to us. Number 22. And he has taken it out of the way, having nailed it to the cross. The handwriting of requirements has in mind a list of crimes or moral debt before God, a debt that no imperfect person can completely pay. 
but it can be taken out of the way by payment from a perfect man, Jesus Christ. This is where it's really got to slow down. I'm going to read that again for my sake and perhaps for yours. The handwriting of requirements has in mind a list of crimes or moral debt before God. I'm thinking about the many things that God canceled out, erased, blotted out. And I'm sure that you can think about many things that God has simply erased. According to Vincent, number 23, he's a Bible scholar. He wiped out is a compound of the word to anoint, and the prefix means completely. The idea is that something was completely wiped over. And in the ancient world, the term was used of whitewashing a wall or overlaying a wall with gold. It means the accusations against us were completely wiped away and covered over. Can I get an amen? amen. You want to be able to say hallelujah. Hallelujah. Thank you. Sure. Number 24. New American Bible, having canceled out the certificate of debt. Now, I'm not going to try to pronounce that word. There you see it over there. But it means wiped out, wiped away, blotted out, cleansed, destroyed, removed, canceled. King James Version, blotting out the handwriting of ordinances. So, in one Bible, the New American Standard Bible, you have canceled out. In the King James, you have blotted out. In the New King James... It means erase, smeared out, rubbed out, wiped out, obliterated, just like handwriting is. <clears throat> Number 25, having wiped away the handwriting of ordinances, erased and wiped off a wall. This morning I wanted to put up a white wall that we have in the back, but I thought it might not be uh, appropriate. But the idea is wiped out, smeared away. New King James Version, having wiped out the handwriting of requirements that was against us, which was contrary to us, and he has taken it out of the way, having nailed it to his cross. Number 26. The law which it decrees was abolished in Christ's death as if crucified with him. It was no longer in the midst, in the foreground, as a debtor's obligation is perpetually before him, embarrassing his whole life. Number 27. When he had disarmed the rulers and authorities, he made a public display of them, having triumphed over them through him. Another aspect of Jesus' work on the cross is that he disarmed principalities and powers. These rank of hostile beings don't have the same weapons to use against us Christians 
that they have against those who are in Jesus. He made, number 28, he made a public display. The greatest powers on the earth at that time, Rome, the greatest governmental power, and Judaism, the greatest religion power, conspired together to put the Son of God on the cross. These powers, angry at his challenge to their sovereignty, stripped him naked. Did you know that? I know I said this last, last week. Yeah. Stripped him naked, held him up to public contempt, and celebrated a triumph over him. Here Paul shows us the paradox of the cross, that the victorious Jesus took the spiritual powers animating these earthly powers and stripped them, held them up to contempt, and publicly triumphed over them. Number 29. We could only imagine how Satan and every dark, gleeful demon attacked Jesus as he hung on the cross on our behalf, as if he were a guilty sinner. He was suspended there, bound hand and foot to the wood in apparent weakness. They imagined that they had him at their mercy and flung themselves on him with hostile intent. But far from suffering their attack without resistance, he grappled with them and mastered them, stripping them of the army in which they trusted and held them aloft, which means away from, in his outstretched hands, displaying to the universe their helplessness and his own unvanquished strength. Number 30. They were defeating themselves. Paul wrote in another place that if the rulers of this age, by which he meant both the spiritual powers of darkness and their earthly representatives, had known what would happen on the cross, they would have never crucified them. They were defeating themselves and didn't even know it. You got that? They were defeating themselves and didn't even know it. And then SP, the wisdom which none of the rulers of this world had understood. For if they had understood, they would have never crucified the Lord of glory. What's that mean for you and me? They are disarmed, except for their ability to deceive and create. These are ineffective tools that are not tangible weapons. Demonic powers or spirits only have the power to, to which, let me slow down. Demonic spirits only have power toward us that we grant them by believing their lies. The weapons are our hands, not theirs. The weapons are in your hand. What hands? The Word of God. Prayer, fasting. Demonic spirits cannot do anything unless you allow them to do it as a Christian. Can I get a name? Amen. They are not in control. We will one day see how afraid they were of us. For the weapons, number 32, for the weapons of our warfare are not flesh, 
That's your weapon. But divinely powerful for the destruction of fortresses. <clears throat> Let me say that again. For the weapons of our warfare are not of the flesh, but divinely powerful for the destruction of fortresses. We are destroying speculations and lofty things raised up against the knowledge of God. And we are taking every thought captive to the obedience of Christ. And we are to punish all disobedience whenever your obedience is complete. We're still on 32, Tom. I'm going to read Romans 6, 13. Neither yield. Can you say the word yield? Come on, say it louder. Yield. Yeah. Yield. Neither yield you, your members of instruments of unrighteousness, unto sin. What do you mean by that, Brother Bruce? I'll say it again, and I'll try to explain it. Neither yield your members as instruments of unrighteousness, unto sin. I want to say this nice and plainly. Christians, we do not have to live an unholy life. You have the power of the Holy Spirit resident in you. And he wants you and me to yield, not as instruments of unrighteousness, but instruments of holiness. Amen. But you're yourselves unto God as those that are alive from the dead. And your members as instruments of righteousness unto God. Christian, you ought to be able to say, I'm alive. I feel the power of God, the Holy Spirit, in my life. And he's helping me. He's enabling me to live a Christian life. Number 33. Put on the full armor of God that you will be able to stand firm against the schemes of the devil. I'm hesitating because I want to get this right. Satan would love to get you separated from God. Amen. But he can't. So what does he do? He has different things placed in your life and mine to try to get our testimony for Jesus Christ defunct. Can I get an amen? Amen. 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 For our struggle, that's right, it's a struggle. It's not against flesh and blood, but against the rules, against the powers, against the world forces of this darkness, against the spiritual forces of wickedness in heavenly places. Therefore, take up the full armor of God so that you will be able to resist the, the, in the evil day and having done everything to stand.
I'm picturing for you and me standing in Christ. Or does everything that comes along sway you back and forth? Every doctrine, every seemingly reasonable explanation to who Jesus is or the Bible. Getting back to that man by all these. This is what he said. This is word for word. Jesus Christ never said that he is God. That's what he said. And I responded by saying, Jesus Christ said, I and my Father, what's the next two words? Are one. You ought to have a defense. You ought to be able to quote scriptures when you meet someone who denies the finality and the identity of Jesus Christ. Amen. Amen. Revelation 3.14, which I already alluded to. He's the beginner of the creation of God. He's the true Alpha and the Omega. Number 34. And having shod your feet with the preparation of the gospel of peace, in addition to that, take up the shield of faith with which you will be able to extinguish all the flaming arrows of the evil one and take the helmet of salvation and the sword of the Spirit, which is the word of God, with all prayer and petition, pray at all times in the Spirit. And with this in view, be on the alert with all perseverance and petition for all the saints, and pray on my behalf that utterance may be given to me in the opening of my mouth. There are sometimes Christians, you need to open your mouth. Preach it. And sometimes we just need to be still and pray. Amen. That's the weapons of your warfare. To make known with boldness. I don't want to talk about myself, but I'm 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 not too bold. But in Christ Jesus, he can make you and I what we ought to be when we try to minister his word. I can get bold. How do you get bold, Brother Bruce? By the ministry of God, the Holy Spirit. That in proclaiming it may speak boldly as I ought to speak. You ought not to be ashamed of the Word of God. Amen. Amen. Would you turn back, please, Tom, to the shield of faith and so on? <clears throat> the armor of God. Philippians 4. Backwards. 
Got it? Three. The shield of faith. Faith is being sure that God will keep his promises. Are you sure? God cannot make a promise. God cannot lie. There are certain things that God cannot do. He cannot forgive you if you don't accept his son as your personal savior. Can I get an amen? Amen. amen. Faith in God protects us when you are tempted to doubt. Put on the helmet of salvation by believing that Jesus Christ died for your sins. Did you get that? He died for your sins personally. Well, I'm, I'm, I'm good. I don't believe the Bible. I believe I can make it on my own. Put on the helmet of salvation by believing that Jesus Christ died for your sins and mine. Well, I don't need a Savior. <coughs> That's a lie. Amen. Everyone needs a Savior. Amen. The belt of truth. Truth keeps us from giving to the world's beliefs. Every time I turn on the TV, and I'm sure it's true for you, me, I have to turn the station. Amen. Compare your beliefs and actions to the Word of God. That's what we ought to do. Compare what you believe to this word. Can I get an amen? Amen. Jesus is Michael the Archangel. Do you know the word good enough to say? The Daniel 10.13. Michael the Archangel is only one of the angels. But the Son of God is unique. Preach it. He's uncreated. Do you know the word of God well enough to say he's not Michael the Archangel? He's the unique Son of God. Amen. Feet prepared with the gospel of peace. Being right with God and being contented in troubled times. These are some troubled times, are they not? Yes, they are. But you can still have peace. The sword of the spirit, which is the word of God. God's word is our offensive weapon. When we tell others what the Bible says, the Holy Spirit helps people see their need and thoughts and actions and makes them want to be forgiven. How about you? Have you ever shared the word of God with anyone? Preach it, brother. I'm going over, no, I'm not going to go over this list again. For by grace, you were saved. Are you saved? I'm going to say this again in case you didn't get it. It's in the perfect tense. Preach it. What's the mean, Brother Bruce? It means something happened in the past. What happened in the past? Christ died for you. That's what happened in the past. That's right.
and has abiding results. Do you believe that? Yes. Or don't you believe it? Amen. God can give you desire to put faith in the finished work of the Lamb of God. Cancel out on the cross. Blotted out on the cross. Wiped out on the cross. Well, what does he expect from you and me? Well, now that I'm a Christian, I can do anything. What shall we say then? Romans chapter 6. Shall we continue in sin? No. That grace may abound? God forbid that you and I as Christians should continue to yield our bodies and minds to unrighteousness, but to allow the Holy Spirit, which was poured out in our hearts, to manifest the Son of God, what he did. You're going to get tired of me saying this, but I'm going to say it again. Counsel out, blotted out, erased, these things I'm done I have written unto you that believe on the name of the Son of God that you may know that you have eternal life if you are depending on how good you are and how righteous you are you can never be sure but if you have placed your faith and what Jesus Christ has already done. You'll feel the power of the Holy Spirit enter your life and you can live victoriously because the forces of darkness have been disarmed. They've been nullified. They don't have any power over you unless you let them. Can I get away? Amen. Amen. Pastor, yes, sir. I'm done. Let's give the Lord a hand.